This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Yo, I'm back again. The Rockets choked. Of course they did. This happened again. This is what, the fourth year in a row the Rockets get to like a game six or seven, and they just choke. Well, Harden showed up. He had 35, but... Uh, Curry, 33 in the second half. That is just unbelievable. And I'm looking at the highlights, and this guy was making some unbelievable threes that normal people cannot make. I mean, three people in his face, he still makes it. Two people in his face still makes it. And Klay Thompson with that dagger to go up six. And I don't even like Golden State, but I got to give it up to them for that. That was crazy, man. I'm just... Of course, I didn't expect Houston to win, man. I, but I expect them to win that game. I thought it was going to go seven. They couldn't even do that. Man, they ain't ever going to beat Golden State. That's a fact. Well, maybe not a fact, but it's not looking good, okay? Those guys are getting older, and the league is going to catch up to them, especially the Jazz. I mean, they knocked the Jazz out of the playoffs two years in a row. But it's just, nah, man, like for real. Man, these Warriors are just unbelievable. They're unbelievable. I mean, they're going to win again. They're going to three-peat. It's over. They get Kevin Durant back in about a week. And Denver or Portland, not beating them. You see, it's sure. Denver, they're a very deep team. They have Jokic, who is averaging, like, 25 and 12 for the playoffs, but they're just not they're not going to be Golden State. Like, the way those role players are playing defensively and the way they're moving the ball and the way Steph Curry is playing, I mean, sure, 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 sure. He was up and down this series, and in this game, he had a legendary performance. But still, they're still better than Denver. They're still better than Portland. They're going to run Portland off the court. And then they're going to play either Milwaukee and I'll say the Sixers. And they'll play one of them, and they'll probably beat them in six. So then it's just, it's just going to be a 3 P for the Warriors. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm already putting my mind towards the idea that the Warriors will 3 P. It's over. Denver or Portland ain't beating them. Milwaukee ain't beating them. So, it's a wrap. So, maybe KD goes to the Knicks and maybe the Warriors start to get a little older. Maybe they slow down a little bit. That'll eventually happen anyway because Father Time is undefeated. You know, that's what everyone says. And it's true. Father Time is undefeated. So, I think they'll eventually slow down, but not anytime soon. It's unfortunate because I just want to see the league just challenge the Warriors, but they just end up being that much better than everybody. I'm just interested to want to know, like, how they like that much better than everybody else. Like, or maybe they're just a little bit better than everybody else, and that's why they win all the titles. It's like this the James Clear habits thing, like he always say. The team that is just better by the slimmest of margin 
get the lion's share of the awards, and that is this team. It's something they do every day that's just better than everybody else. And I would like to know and put it into my own life. Man, you know, I usually don't have time to watch the games, so I watch the extensive highlights, like the 15-minute highlights, and it's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> keep me on the edge of my seat, for sure. Man, all those threes, all those big-time threes, even though the Rockets were, like, trying to catch up in the last minute, they were hitting some threes to keep themselves in the game. But that last turnover, just some, the way they played down the stretch against the Warriors and the games they lost is just head-scratching. And even the, the last game they won, they almost gave up a 20-point lead. It's just the Warriors' ability to close and to be clutch in the fourth quarter just is what at least makes them better than the Rockets. So if you're going to beat the Warriors, you're going to have to play for 48 minutes. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have to be on your best for 48 straight minutes. You can't be making mistakes. You can't be turning the ball over. You can't be getting no technical fouls. That's point blank period. You know, I hope the Warriors lose. They're not they're not losing the next round. So you might as well just hope they one of these Eastern Conference teams does the deed. We can only hope. You know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So now you got the other games on Sunday. Uh, two game sevens. You got the Sixer and Sixers and the Raptors. And you got the Nuggets and the Blazers. I think both of them will be good. I think one of them will go to overtime. And it'll probably be Denver and Portland. Doesn't matter who wins that game. You might as well just enjoy game seven for the entertainment. It really doesn't matter who wins that game. I'm going to keep it real with you. Like, real talk. It just doesn't. But what Dame and... Well, Dame in this series hasn't been as good as he was in the OKC series. What's really getting him through is C.J. McCollum. He's been amazing. And But on Denver's side, Jokic, double-double machine. Sometimes he'd be getting triple-doubles. I think he has four triple-doubles in the playoffs. The kid is amazing, okay? The kid is just, man. If he keeps playing like that in the near future – they might be the ones that will catch Golden State. But I just don't think they're there this year. They might be missing, like, one other person. Or maybe they just need more time together with that team. They have the tools to beat Golden State. I just don't think they will. Too much inexperience with Jamal Murray and um, the other young stars like Monte Morris and, and Craig. And sure, they got Millsap, but I just don't think they have enough to beat the Warriors. We'll see. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. We'll see. Oh, and I was looking at the Golden State-Houston stats, and, man, it's funny, man. Like, why is no one talking about Gerald Green going two for nine and two for seven from three? That's insane. 
they only have what seventeen bench points. It's seventeen bench points. Kevin Looney had fourteen by himself. Come on, man. It's just Golden State doing the little things, like making their free throws down the stretch, not turn the ball over down the stretch. Bench players stepping up. They do the little things to be this much better than Houston. So I guess answer my own question from the beginning. Uh, you know, it, it is what it is. The NBA playoffs have has been fun. But it's going to end up with the same result. Minus LeBron. <laughs> There's no LeBron. And so far, that's been just fine. Uh, you know, we'll see. The Nationals are 15-23. and 23. <laughs> My God, man. Oh, my. This is going to be a long season. You know, I thought they were just going to be a 500 team because to start out, they had some good – they had some bad games. They started out like 1-3. They started out like 1-5. and five, And then they went on a little winning streak, including beating the Phillies 15-1 to one in one game in Philly. But then they turn around, get swept by Milwaukee, They lose a series to Miami. They lose a series to Pittsburgh. Uh, They beat the Dodgers on Thursday. Then they lose to them on Friday. Not only did they lose, they got shut out. And I'm like, guys, get it together. Like, you have enough talent to at least be decent. Like, you guys are below average right now. And I'm I'm just done, man. You can't get swept by Milwaukee. I got bragging rights on the line with my friend Emily. Like, she's going to remind me that the Brewers are better than the Nationals. She's going to keep reminding me of that every time I talk to her. And the only way to shut her up is to just win. <laughs> just win, man. But, you know, they, they'll they figure it out. Uh, fire Davey. Yeah, sure. I, I've been wanting Davey gone since last year. What is that going to do at this point? I mean, maybe we'll start fresh next year. Or maybe the season isn't over. Hey, it's only beginning of May, and the season's over in September. Hopefully they get it together. You got Trey Turner coming back. Rendon just came back. Uh, Soto had been out. Let's see what we can do. Maybe Max will get it together because Max is giving up runs all over the place. Um I do plan to go to another Nationals game. I've only been to one this year. I think this time last year I had already been to three, maybe four. I plan to go to another one, either the Mets or the Cubs. You know, if the Nationals play the Mets, you know, I don't like the Mets. So that's that's an easy game for me to go to. I'd love to see the Nats beat them no matter how bad the season's going. As long as they beat the Mets, I'm good. Now... If they play the Cubs, that's interesting because you're going to get a lot of fans, Nationals and Cubs, because it's just the brand, the Cubs brand, and it's going to bring out a lot of Cubs fans from the area. It's going to bring out a lot of Nats fans. Every time I've been to a Cubs-Nats game, and don't don't let it be nice outside, too. Now, if it's nice outside, you'll definitely see the best of Cubs and Nationals fans. I kind of want to go Saturday, but that's when everyone else is going. I could go Sunday, but I think I'm going to a soccer game instead. I might just do I might do Friday 
Cubs game or I could do uh, the Wednesday uh, Mets game. Wednesday or Thursday, one of them. We'll see. I'm going to go, but the Nationals have got to improve because this isn't looking good. This isn't looking good. They're hanging on by a thread. They keep playing, and Philly's going to be so far ahead that they could take a nap for a whole month and still be ahead of the Nationals. They could literally lose 13 in a row and still be ahead of the Nationals. That's how far ahead they're going to get ahead of the Nationals if the Nationals don't get it together soon. I'm trying to tell you, man, it's it's just crazy, man. I know you lost Bryce Harper. We still got most of everybody else. You got to get it together now. Come on. Let's go. Come on, guys. So, I guess the Caps, the Caps lost game seven. I was there. I was heartbroken. I was mad. And I almost fought a Carolina fan for no reason. That would have been the dumbest thing I would have ever done. Thank God I kind of took a deep breath. I realized what was happening. This is where my emotional intelligence getting better. Yeah, it's getting um realized what was happening. I just took a deep breath and I just walked to the metro station just fine. Carolina fans did nothing wrong. They were just enjoying their fans. They were just enjoying their team. The fans, Carolina fans probably was tired of us talking trash to them the entire series, and they finally came out on top. I'm going to be real with you. Before the playoffs started, that was who I wanted. I wanted Carolina because I'm like, we beat them four times in the regular season. This is the team I wanted the most. I was like, the Caps can beat anyone in the first round. It's Carolina. I thought they was going to beat him in six. But then I realized after game three, I expected Carolina to win game three, but they won like 5-0. And I'm like, just watching some of that game, I was like, this is going seven. And I was like, you know what? If they win game four, I'm buying my game seven tickets. And that's exactly what happened. Carolina won game four, and I was like, they're not losing at home. Yeah, okay, the Caps won at home like 6 nothing. the next game, game five. I was like, I'm still buying my game seven tickets. I still bought my game seven tickets. And what do you know? We was in game seven. I went. I had a blast. I was worried about missing the Metro. And, you know, we got out around 11 o'clock, and I was able to get home safely. I was good. But, you know, man, us losing sucked. But but that is three elimination games I've gone to between the Caps and the Wizards, and they hadn't won one of those games. They had not won one of those games. Three elimination games between the Caps and the Wizards, 0-3, in the games I've been to. It's just, it sucks, man. It hurt. It hurt real bad, and I was salty. You know, shout out to those fans that were sitting beside me. They were fighting. And it was all because... Some guy was standing up when everyone was sitting down. And that is the quickest way to start a fight at a professional sporting event. Stand in somebody's way while they're trying to watch the game. Stand while someone's trying to watch the game sitting down. That is the easiest way to get in trouble and to be getting a fight. And the guys, the guy in front that was standing up was a little drunk. 
But you know, he was he was laughing about it all. They diffused the situation. I kind of live tweeted it, but by the time you know people got interested in it, they had stopped fighting. And one of the guys, the sober guy, was trying to was talking to me a little bit, and I told him I didn't know hockey like that. So he was trying to he was trying to like tell me the basics about the game. But then the more he was talking about the game, the more I realized that I knew about the game. I knew more about the game than I thought I did. And he was trying to tell me the basics. I was like, uh, yeah, I know that. But I guess what he said, right as the first overtime ended, he was like, we're not going to win this game. We're not playing well. We're getting outplayed. And he was right. And sure enough, right when that second period started, we gave up that goal and we lost. The Caps had their chances. They just didn't do it. They just they just didn't deliver. And how many times have we seen that as D.C. sports fans, especially Caps fans? The Caps just lose in a game six, game seven, and it's just inexcusable. It, it's the worst, man. So now the Wizards. Uh, the Wizards finished 10th. You know, they were afterthought this year. They had a lot of – well, they had Dwight Howard and John Wall miss pretty much the whole season. Before the season started, I was foolish enough to say that this team could match up with the Warriors because was, here's our starting lineup when the season started. John Wall, Bradley Bill, Otto Porter, Markeith Morris, Dwight Howard. Come on, man. Like, those guys, their body types at least could match up with the Warriors. Skill-wise, I don't know. But I'm like, defensively, they match up perfectly. But then you watch them play, and they were just okay. And then John Wall went out for the year, and then the injury got worse when he slipped and tore his Achilles. And now he's going to be out this season, too. And I mean, he's going to be out next season, too. And Dwight Howard uh, – can we get maybe we could draft somebody to replace Dwight Howard or maybe he'll come back and do something. And then we managed to trade damn near our whole team. We traded Otto, we traded Kelly Oubre, we traded Marquise. Gortat was gone last year. And now Yon Mahimi's riding the bench, no Jody Meeks. Our whole team, that team that went to game 7 with the Celtics, none of those guys are there. None of those guys. No Bogdanovich, no nothing. None of those guys. The only guys we had left from that team was Bradley Bill and Sadoransky. They love Sadoransky. And you, you know what? He did step up late in the season. But, I mean, I don't think he's going to get us to no championship or anything. But, hey, whatever. So, we got the Bulls players. We got some Bulls players. We got some guys from the G League. I'm not even kidding. I watched the Wizards and Bulls, and it was like a G League All-Star game with Bradley Bill. It was like a it was like a rookies versus sophomore game. And we lost that. We let some guy named Walter Lemon score 25 on us and hit the game-winning shot. I'm like, man, the Wizards, this is this is Brock Bottom. And of course we didn't make the playoffs, even though we had a chance. Anyway. The only reason I'm even talking about them right now is because the draft lottery is coming up, 
and we have a good chance of getting Zion. Like, we have a 9% chance to get either the first or second pick. I like those odds. Those odds aren't as low as you think they are. And I'm like, we get the number one pick. I want Zion. If we get the number two pick, do we trade back or do we get Ja Morant? I was talking about the possibility of having Ja Morant on our team, and my uncle likes it. He, he he's can he consider it, even though I told him he's like another John Wall, like so he would be just a John Wall replacement. I mean, he could fill in for John Wall while John Wall's injured, and John Wall can mentor him and stuff. But my uncle said, see, my uncle is really smart about sports. Um, he said we, he can play him alongside Bradley and Wall, and they, they, they make a nice little three-guard combo. I kind of like that, too. That, that doesn't sound bad. But I'd rather have Zion or DeAndre Hunter or uh, – the other two Duke stars. I'd rather have one of those guys. Or maybe, you know, get Bruno Fernando to back up Thomas Bryant. Oh, no, wait, that's a terrible idea. We'll see. I want Zion. I'll take him. Because, you know, we got something to build around. We can build around him and Brad. Because, oh, man, R.J. Young said something about trading Bradley Bill, which is if the season's going that bad, if we're going if we're doing really bad, like last place bad, trade Bradley Bill and let's build around our draft pick. But if not, if we're doing decent, just keep Brad in the draft pick and we'll build around them and maybe John Wall will come out and play well two seasons from now or whatever and then we'll trade him. And we'll build around those two guys. That that's what I would like to do. You know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Draft lottery Tuesday. Uh, let's let's just see. So the NFL draft, the Redskins took Dwayne Haskins. They didn't trade up. Like I kind of expected them to trade up the three to get Dwayne Haskins. They must have had some knowledge around the league that no one was gonna take Dwayne Haskins when I was seeing they get to like six or seven and the Redskins wasn't trading up. I was like, do they not want the Wayne Haskins? Because I've been hearing all week that they were really interested in the Wayne Haskins. I was like, are they not going to get him? I was like, the Jaguars and the Dolphins are on the clock and they could definitely get this guy. Neither of them got Dwayne Haskins. And I was like, yeah, he's going to be a Redskin. You know, he's not even really from D.C., but he went to high school in D.C. He went to Bullis. And Bullis is <laughs> – I give Bullis a lot of credit this year because they beat Quince Orchard, and Quince Orchard won the state title. So Bullis ain't – is no joke. And so the Redskins – and then they got Montez Sweat after that and then Kelvin Harmon in the sixth round? I usually laugh at the Redskins all year long because they just be – they're just a sitcom. Their front office is a joke. Their team is a joke. But they had a pretty good draft. I will give them credit. That is that is awesome. Kyler Murray went number one, and they traded Josh Rosen to the Dolphins. Josh Rosen over Dwayne Haskins sound well, I guess that's good for them. You know. But Kyler Murray though. 
Kyler Murray, I think, is going to be amazing. He's going to be amazing. All y'all that think he's going to be a bust, this you're going to see how good this kid really is. He's going to be electrifying. Might take him some time to build a team around him, but he's going to be electrifying. And he's going to run away from Mr. Bosa sometimes, you know. I mean, of course, Mr. Bosa is going to get his. Nick Bosa is going to get his, but Kyler Murray is just incredible. And y'all are going to see. The Eagles, the Eagles got Dillard. So he's one of the best tackles in the draft. I think his name Andrew Dillard from Washington State. He's one of the best tackles in the draft. And you know what? At first, I was like, eh, I wanted Marquise Brown. I wanted J- Josh Jacobs. But then I was thinking, oh, no, wait, we got Howard. We got Deshaun Jackson. But then again, I mean, having two Deshaun Jackson-like players on the team would be in- nice. It would make our offense more explosive. But, hey, they traded out of that pick. And they got um, they traded up and they got the the backup tackle because we don't know how long Jason Peters has left, so I'm cool. Or you can move the kid to guard and then move him to tackle. Um, it's a lot we can do. His name Andre Dillard. Look, man, I'm cool with the pick, you know. And then we got the kid from um, Penn State, who isn't bad, even though I. Wanted like Bryce Love or something, but you, you know it's it's fine. And, you know I'm not in the draft room. I don't do the scouting. Just gotta trust it. You just you just have to trust what the Eagles are doing, and you just have to just go with it. Just gotta go with it. Um, but I wanted Marquise Brown. Let's be real. But mostly because I'm a Sooner, and I think he's amazing. But we'll see. Okay, now what's going on with Howard basketball? They fired their coach. R.J. Cole is gone. Uh, Chad Lott is gone. <laughs> their starting center, who was a freshman, I think he's from like, Nigeria, he's gone. I'm like, man, what is going on over there? And I guess one one thing I, I noticed, um, the Norfolk State game, there was a fight. I was supposed to go to that game. The first Norfolk State game. I was supposed to go to that game, but I didn't because I agreed to do some extra referee games that I didn't want to do. But I did them. I missed the game, and I missed the fight. Thank God I missed the fight because I probably would have tried to fight the Norfolk State people and because sometimes I get caught up in the emotion of the game, and I get and I do stupid stuff. And I'm glad I was out of that. But that's not the point. Man, okay, Howard then beat Norfolk State the second time with an amazing game-winning shot in Norfolk. I was thinking, okay, they have a good chance to beat them in the tournament. They lose to Norfolk State in the MEAC tournament. Heartbreaking. That's not even the worst part. How the hell does CJ, CJ Williams, God, brother, right? How does he play 27 minutes and only score four points and he didn't take a shot in the second half? How is that possible? Can someone send me the tape? That sounds like point shaving to me. 
That doesn't make sense. He's the second leading scorer on your team, and he only touches – and he doesn't take a shot? In the second half, in the biggest game of their lives? Man, no, nah, man. He doesn't even get the ball. His usage rate is 5%, but Chad Lott takes 13 shots or something like that. Well, RJ Cole took like 20 shots, of course. But I'm just like, what was the game plan? How did that happen? What in the world? Someone has to explain to me what happened that game because I don't have the tape. I didn't watch the game. I, I want to see for myself. Because that that's ridiculous. How your second best player, or arguably your best player, most important player, how does he not touch the ball? How does he not touch the ball? How does he have a 5% usage rate? How does he have only four points? That's ridiculous. And, of course, they lost. Okay, so he rebounded CJ and had 17 against uh, Coastal Carolina, but no chat lot. What I was thinking was they was going to keep that core together because they were forfeiting Miak, and they had the player of the year, R.J. Cole. But Nickelberry stepped down, or he resigned, I guess pressure from the administration because they had this talented team and they still wasn't winning the Miak. They were still losing to uh, Norfolk State and North Carolina Central. So they wanted to get a better coach in there, so maybe they just forced Nickelberry to resign. And, of course, that caused the players that were loyal to him to leave. R.J. Cole and, and C.J. Williams, they both – C.J. and R.J., they both tested the NBA draft waters, and they ended up coming back to school. And I was thinking – you know, we get the band back together and make a run at this one more time while CJ's a senior. And then maybe, you know, not only they can they win the MEAC, they can win an NCAA tournament game. Nope. Nickelberry leaves. The team pretty much implodes. So now their starting lineup is going to look like Lord knows what. Their whole starting lineup's gone. The, the only two people left in their starting lineup is the kid from France and CJ. They're going to have three new starters. How are they going to beat Central and North Fall State? You know what I'm saying? I think the only thing I can do is just trust CJ's leadership, trust his game, because remember, as a freshman, they got to the same point they did last year, and CJ was just a freshman, and he was the leading scorer. So if they could do that – when he was a freshman in the vocal point of the team, why can't they do that next year when he's a senior and the leader of the team? So, you know, we'll see. I'm just like, man, just what happened to Howard, it's just sad, man, because they could have made a legitimate run at this. But it made me realize that these basketball players, you know, their lives go way beyond college. They have professional aspirations, and college is just a small part. It's just a part of the journey. You know what I'm saying? And you got to realize that they were they got close to their coaches and that they were loyal to their coaches and they wanted to play for them. And they don't really know the new regime that's coming in. So, of course, 
you know, when all that, when you put all that into the equation, of course they're going to want to leave and explore other options. I should have realized the bigger picture and not just thinking about wins and losses in tournament games. When you think about the big picture, those guys made the right move. It is what it is. So, hey, man, that's that's what I have to deal with. I'm still going to go to all the most of, well, some of the Howard games. And I'm still going to the MEAC tournament in March. So, hey, man, let's see what happens. So, I'm in this show talking about Avengers and Game of Thrones. I ain't watch no Game of Thrones. That's not my type of show. Like, Everyone's telling me to get into it. Usually when something has a lot of hype behind it, I'll go watch it. But I'm just not interested. I'm just not interested. Maybe when I get older, I'll go back and I'll buy the DVD set and then I'll watch it all. I'm just not interested. Hey, y'all have fun. Y'all kids have fun. But me, I'm going to sit this one out. Now, when it comes to Avengers, though, now that. It was better than Infinity War, at least. Um, when, now spoiler alert, spoiler alert, when Thanos got his head cut off by Thor, I was ready to walk out the theater, and I was like, movie over. That's all I wanted to see. That's all I wanted to see. All I wanted to see was Thanos die. Like, he just, he got his head cut off. I was like, that was so, that was so badass. It's over. Drop the mic. It's a wrap. But I, I stayed because I'm like, this is a three-hour movie, and we're only 20 minutes in. There is definitely more to the story. And boy, was it. And Thanos died anyway at the expense of Iron Man. But, you, you know, that's another spoiler. Whatever. So, hey, I enjoyed the movie. It happened while I was in Canton. And I was in Canton for the half marathon, and I had fun. The Hall of Fame. The Pro Football Hall of Fame is fun. It's nice. You know what I'm saying? It's it's not too much. You know what I'm saying? You can get through the entire museum in a decent amount of time. And, you know, you see the bust in that little room, that little black room they have beside the little movie theater they have. Man, that place is awesome. And then you can play Madden at the end of the museum exhibit. Oh, my God. That place is awesome. If you like football, you should go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's amazing. And I've been wearing my hat damn near every day since I've come from there. But, hey, man, and, you know, Canton, Canton's pretty nice. I, I can see myself going back to Canton, hopefully for the actual Hall of Fame enshrinement, which I know it will be packed with people, and I, we'll see. We'll see. But that's what that will be on my bucket list, or at least in the back of my mind, to go to Canton for an actual enshrinement. We'll see. But that's all I have. It's Van Pugh. I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.